Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. And today we have with us again, very kindly, Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being here today. Good to be back, Jonathan. Fantastic. So um, we're going to discuss uh, a number of companies that Alan has been looking at um, over the last week, which looks particularly interesting. But we're going to start off uh, with touching on two um, companies that are very much household names. Um, and really, um, I mean, if you look back uh, probably sort of five or 10 years ago, um, very much both of them were, were investor favourites. Um, but we've probably seen that change um, in, in recent years. And those two companies are Seven Trent and Marks and Spencers. So we'll start off with Seven Trent because that's actually had quite a, a reasonable set of results here in terms of the uh, the full year um, earnings. Um, we did see a small increase in revenue. Um, however, what's probably quite interesting to investors at this point in time is the increase to the dividend. Um, I mean, there's been uh, you know numerous companies scrapping dividends, cutting dividends, uh, but Seven Trends uh, are bucking that trend, and they increased their dividend by 7.2% uh, to 100 pence. So at current levels, you're looking at about a 4% uh, yield. I mean, Alan, do, do you think this is uh, a company that, that investors should be sort of looking at at this point in time? Or do you think, um, you know, there's probably sort of better undervalued, more cyclical companies uh, that would probably look a little bit more attractive? Because, uh, I mean, we've had a, a bit of a rally in, in seven trends. Um, mm. And, you know, how much more sort of upside do you think investors could expect from here? Well, I think that, that that's it, Jonathan. It, it, you mentioned that, that the term then cyclical, of course, um, Cyclical implies that uh, we're seeing we're seeing a regular a, a regular trend year in year out with companies uh, in terms of business earnings, all the rest of it. COVID nineteen has blown all, all that out of the water, and I think um, when you're seeing companies like Shell act, uh, well cut their dividend, companies like uh, um, Aviva cutting their dividend, uh, and the banks obviously being instructed to. Uh, 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 not to make any payouts too. Um, I think you know we're facing a sea change here. The one thing we we all need going forward is food and water, and of course, um, Seven Trent are a water company. They're, they're a utility, and um, uh, I think the the comments from the chief exec Liv Garfield today are very telling. You know that they consider their financial position. Uh, they've not sought government support during the crisis. Uh, when deciding on what to pay out to shareholders, but they've increased the dividend by 7%, um, which, as you say, implies a dividend going forward of about 4%, which is is still pretty pretty good. And um, and I think, uh, you know, whatever happens uh, with other companies, um, Seven Trent will probably now remain and, if anything, increase in importance as the backbone for Many funds, uh, many uh, many the portfolios of many pensioners out there who rely on the dividend for their earnings to live on. Um, so it, it looks to me, uh, I think even at yeah these relatively inflated levels, seven trend to me still looks like a, a an absolute slam dunk hold. Um, I mean we're not even at year highs yet, so um, yeah, possibly for year highs you might want to wait a bit. But uh, uh, you know this is a slow moving stock in relative terms anyway. So I think um, I think it's. Uh, 
it, it's worth picking up pretty well at any level. Indeed, I think the the point that you made there uh, with with Raw Dutch Shell that uh, you know some of the um, favourites for income uh, have cut their dividends significantly, yeah. um, and this is one that haven't. So um, I think you could probably start to see bond proxy uh, elements sort of coming into seven trends uh, if uh, you know if fund managers are struggling as as they are to find yield in the bond markets. Yeah. Um, you'll probably start to see them seek out. These companies with reliable cash flows, such as Seven Treads, that's going to be, um, I wouldn't say particularly interesting one in terms of share price movement, but it's going to be steady. Um, and obviously, that income there seems fairly, fairly reliable. Um, yeah, yeah. That's um, de- definitely one um, that I think people should uh, should take a look at, especially if they um, have have been suffering elsewhere in terms of income in their portfolio. Yeah, indeed. So. The second one that we're going to pick out today from um, the household name companies, um, and this, I nearly said FTSE 100 company, um, however, uh, Marks and Spencers have fallen out of the, uh, uh, the FTSE 100, of course, in the last 12 months, and that's very much down to um, you know, external pressures due to changes in um, consumer habits. They obviously have large stores. They've had to cut quite a few of those and, and close them. Uh, but today we may be seeing a um, well, the start of a, of a turnaround um, for the business, and that's obviously not in their clothing business, but it's in the, the the food section. Now that's obviously the part of the business that's been doing very well um, for for a number of years, um, and that's probably been um, well. It was very much an organic uh, success story there. However, they did make a acquisition last year, um, which is paying off very nicely for them, and that was a fifty percent stake in the Arcado retail business. They paid seven hundred and fifty million for that stake, and they did actually report this morning that in the seven months that they've had that stake, the seven months to the first of March, they earned um, two point six million in uh, in profit from that. However, we are we are seeing some issues still in the in the clothing business. Alan, do you, do you think that the Marks and Spencers that we know of uh, of five years ago is dead, and we are moving towards uh, a business where the, the clothing business is potentially closed within the next sort of five years or so, and they move towards um, you know a business that's getting 90 percent of their revenue from foods, and and obviously a business that will be. Um, probably quite a lot smaller than what it was five years ago. Yeah, that's that, there's a there's a very very good point, Arthur. I mean, Marks and Spencers, I think, as you say, it's just had to evolve, and and uh, possibly its um its stake in the cardo could be could be the one the one element in its uh, offering that uh, could really help transform the business. I mean, when you consider you've got uh, companies like ASOS selling clothing on online and trading on really huge, huge valuations. I think uh, the, the Marks and Spencer's clothing is, it, it's right now for its quality, and I think um, the stores will still have relevance in parts. But I think the, the problem they've got is if there is a fall in property prices, of course, they have a, they're locked into a huge property portfolio. So that's going to weigh very much on their valuation going forward. And, of course, their ability to to turn the super tank around, if you like. Um but if they can evolve that business, if they can use the technology that uh, 
Ocado has and, and de- developed their own online offerings. So, so it's at the level where, for instance, uh, uh, ASOS or Amazon are, then, um, then I think they can do that. But in, in the short, well, in, in, the, in the interim, in the medium term, they've got to offload this property portfolio. I, I can see them maybe moving to just sticking with the out-of-town superstores. And obviously those will have to be adapted to, to work with the uh, social distancing measures going in place. But I think it's, it's all, it's full steam ahead for an online offering. But um, is there a turnaround? I mean, the, uh, in the results this morning, the, uh, the food light-for-light revenue, whilst it rose 1.9%, the food sales didn't match those of its supermarket peers, um, so 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 there's an issue there. They they have to address that. And um, in my view, it's still early days. We saw the stock bounce back uh, um, early on, but um, but but I mean, I think Mars has still got a long way to go. And personally, I would avoid it really and really until we see uh, a clear strategy going forward. And also, um, you know, the ability to remove some of those property assets from the balance sheet. Indeed, I, I think uh, it's probably a case of a little bit, uh, you know, not enough uh, um, at, uh, at a point that I think the damage has been done um, to, to Marks and Spencer's. I mean, this, this is an issue with the clothing that's been going on probably for the last, um, you know, decades. Um, if it wasn't the um, introduction and adoption of, of online shopping, it, there was issues with, uh, you know, being able to have a clothing range that really sort of um, was attractive to their target market. So um, I think this is this has been a long time coming from from Marks and Spencers, and I think it's not just Marks and Spencers. I think there's been a degree of arrogance to some extent with some of these companies. Um, Marks and Spencers, I think Next is another one as well. They've been relying on their brand, which is obviously uh, you know household names, very strong presence uh, in the British um, shopping environment but they've just been found out as you mentioned there by uh, the likes of Asos and other on t- online retailers um so a sector i think to avoid there yeah, uh, very much there. I, I mean i think just touching on that point as well i think uh, of course uh, next also has a very good online offering so it, it can be done that uh, they've shown next has shown it can be done as as asos but i think mns had to evolve the offering and of course i think traditionally a lot of people who maybe buy clothing for work and stuff rely on being able to go into the store and try stuff on. So that's a challenge they'll have to overcome. Indeed. So I think that's uh, that's definitely a sector which is uh, in decline to some extent. But we're going to move on now to probably what's one of the most important sectors um, at this point in time and definitely a sector that is um, on the up. And that is those companies that are um, providing treatments of potential or potential treatments for um, COVID-19. And a company that we're going to look at today is Avacta, Alan. So I think we've mentioned them before. Um, it's definitely one that we've covered in great detail uh, in the UK Investor magazine. Um, but they've had quite an interesting development, haven't they, in the last week or so? They, well, they have. Um, well, it's not just the last week or so. I mean, Avacta has just blazed a trail throughout the crisis. Um, I remember seeing the uh, uh, the, the CEOs uh, present um, present uh, the company at uh, an event a few years ago, and um, looking at the at, at its FEMA Therapeutics and 
diagnostic applications. But um, the, considering the shares were trading back in February at under 20p, um, the company uh, embarked on, on a fundraise. And since then, it's just been top right-hand corner stuff. I mean, the shares are trading currently at £1.40. So they've absolutely blasted into the stratosphere. Currently got a market cap of just under 300 million. So you might say, well, this company's gone, it's gone too far. It's clearly gone to, it's clearly sort of, uh, you know, uh, overbought and, uh, and there's got to be a retracement. There may well be, but, um, but the point is, uh, Afima's, uh, the Afima technology is, um, it has impressed the pharma market to the extent where, uh, a number of JVs have been signed up over the past year. ADC Therapeutics, there's a joint venture with Daiwong Pharma uh, and a partnership with LG Chem Life Sciences. Um, and th- there's, th- there are sort of big milestones to come in the next year. And if they convert just a fraction of the potential with the Afema technology and also their precision uh, the, the pre- uh, precision technology, which, uh, which is... Uh, which is is in the chemotherapy arena, then they have the chance to really multiply their valuation over many times. Um, a lot of pundits uh, in the marketplace are looking at Afima as the next FTSE 100 company. And when you consider we're talking just now about Marks and Spencer's falling out, I think we can see just how far this company has come in such a short space of time. But um, as it, the, the of course the, the the key driver behind Avacta. Uh, along with a couple of other companies uh, in the sector, has been the the uh, the suitability of the Afema uh, technology to to create um, a, 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 a test, um, a very quick uh, a test um, a system to identify COVID nineteen um, uh, um, COVID nineteen to screen patients in large numbers, um, and not just to provide the results over a period of time, but literally. Give the te- give the test results within minutes, and of course, if this um, if this is rolled out and it is successful, then um, a three hundred million valuation in this sector, um, you know, in this marketplace, could be multiplied many times over, not without risk. But um, I think if you Google the actor at the moment, you'll see there's an awful lot of information online about the company, and of course, Jonathan, as you rightly said. Uh, uh, UK Investor Magazine has a has a detailed feature on the company too, but it's 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 got an incredibly exciting future. Anyone that got in around the twenty p mark will be sitting on the company that you know if it turns into a FTSE one hundred company for a modest investment they could they could see a, d- a decent return. So of course this I guess you know for companies like Avacta, uh, despite the unfortunate circumstances in which their success um, through which their success has arrived. Um, this is a, why we love the stock market because occasionally companies like this do come along that have genuine world-beating technology and transform from minnows into into whales. Um, so, anyway, um, one to watch. Um, uh, clearly, not without risk, but uh, very exciting future. And I think uh, you know we could see evaluation uh, by the end of this year, um, well ahead of where we are now. But um, do your own research. Indeed. I mean, I think it's one of these ones that, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's a great story there for shareholders, but in co- of course, the human work that they're doing uh, is fantastic. And let's hope on that front that they do uh, they do succeed um, as, as well as obviously um, for for the shareholders. So 
there's uh, there's another one that we're going to finish up with now, Alan. Now, this is quite an interesting uh, company because, I mean, I live in uh, East London and you've probably seen on the news that there's a lot of parks around here that people have been going in when they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, but one thing, um, sort of walking around the streets that I have noticed is the huge amount of puppies uh, that uh, that seem to be um, walking around. So these are these are obviously um, you know, pets that have been bought very very recently, probably um, even um, throughout the uh, the lockdown. So the company that's going to be a, a direct benefactor of this is um, CVS Group, Alan, and, th- and this is something that you've been looking at this week. Yeah, I've been watching CVS Group for some time, actually, uh, uh, Jonathan. It's it's, um, it's an interesting company. I, I mean, on a personal level, we are dog owners and uh, have been for years. And um, the uh, one of the uh, surgeries that we went to um, has been taken over by CVS Group. Um, and indeed, currently, it's the largest uh, integrated veterinary services provider in the UK. It owns vet practices and surgeries diagnostic labs it has an e-commerce facility um, and partnerships also with independent vets so independent vets can benefit from the economies of scale offered by cvs group it also has crematorium pet crematoria up and down the country so uh, you know many many owners get you know very attached to their pets as we, we are to ours and uh, indeed some of them like to uh, uh, you know when they bury the pets they like to give them a formal funeral and so on but um the shares have uh, of the company, the company's currently worth six hundred and fifty-three million. Worth noting, also pays a small half half percent dividend. But um, certainly over the past year, we've seen a, a year high of uh, just under thirteen thirteen hundred uh, or, or thirteen pounds per share. Uh, currently trading at nine pounds twenty-four, nine twenty-five off a year low of six pounds per share. So um, the, the the stock dropped off um, a cliff uh, at the start of the COVID crisis, but has steady steadily started to recover because, um, as you rightly say, you know, lots of people are turning to pets um, um, and uh, and also the, the costs uh, associated with looking after a pet. Um, there are insurance uh, companies that, um, that uh, will provide policies to cover you for treatment. Uh, lots of causes within those policies. I might add from personal experience, but I'm not going to that. But um, but the certainly the cost of the cost of treatment is now very high. Um, and uh, when you when you're a large group like CVS Group, you can buy all the drugs and buy lots of uh, technology and treatment at, uh, at at knockdown prices because of the the amount you're buying. So the profit margins are are pretty strong. Um, and certainly uh, in the interims that were announced. Uh, on March 27th, um, total sales grew 15%. Gross margins were 76%. Um, and EBITDA, the company said it expects EBITDA for the year to be materially above uh, uh, 2019. Um, there is some borrowing. It's got uh, borrowing of uh, about 95 million. And obviously, it's used that borrowing to make these acquisitions. So, um, but, but but nonetheless, I think this is, it's a burgeoning sector um, and, you know, pets are have never been so popular. If you look at the likes of these superstores, such as Pets R Us and all the rest of it, you'll see you'll see why. But um, it's the the treatment and the services that uh, really uh, owners spend more on that, I believe, than they do on popping down to Pets R Us. So this is really where the money making is from pet ownership. And um, indeed, uh, you know, you, you can 
you can really have a, a decent chunk of that by buying shares in uh, in CVS Group. Indeed, I mean they're still looking at shares now trading about uh, uh, about the nine pounds level. They they've had a quite a significant um, um, drop since the, the beginning of this, and I, and I think sort of looking at their business model, it's um, it's a it's a service that really doesn't have um, sort of much of a cyclical nature to it. It's something that's pretty steady. There's a lot of reoccurring business in there. Um, so definitely one that I think the organic growth could start to make these shares look pretty cheap um, if the, the current uh, growth levels are, uh, are projected through 2020. Very so much. definitely an interesting uh, company to have a look at. Very much so, Jonathan. Yeah, I think, uh, I think as you rightly say, it's not going to be overly affected. And uh, if anything, the crisis has as you're seeing puppies wandering around, um, I think the crisis has prompted people to to look at buying a pet and to because if nothing else, if you've got dogs, you have to exercise them and it makes sure that you get out of the house every day and, and uh, you you go for that walk. So it's Indeed. it's good for the owner's well being too. Exactly. So, Alan, that's that's a great. Uh, I think that's a great company there for people to have a look at. Um, so, thank you very much for for joining us today, Alan. Thank you for having me along again, Jonathan. Fantastic. So, as uh, as a reminder, the uh, the podcast is obviously available on uh, on Apple iTunes, um, Spotify, uh, the Amazon Alexa, but also on the mobile um, app, uh, the UK Investor Magazine mobile app, which is available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play.